family. We want to let our children ages four through third grade go to junior worship this morning. And if you're new here as a guest and you have children in that age range, just follow the adults are, that are headed in that direction. To the rest of you, I want to encourage you to take your Bibles and, and turn to the book of Luke chapter 3 as we continue our study in Luke. And while we're turning our Bibles there, I always want to remind you of a, a very important aspect of our worship assembly. It's the offering that we bring to God and just want to let you know four different ways that you can bring that offering to the Lord. You can mail your, church, your check to the church address. You can go to the bank and set up an automatic draft through your bank's quick and easy way just in case you don't have the discipline to remember it can happen automatically or you can go online even while I'm preaching you can go online to the website and you can click on our homepage, give and follow the instructions there but if you're with us in person there is a table right there uh, at the exit on the way out you're more than welcome to drop your contribution off there if you're with us in person if you're not with us in person to those of you that are live streaming we are absolutely delighted to have you with us this morning and you're just as much a part of our church family and it just we're honored and humbled to have you with us we are in the book of Luke chapter 3 and we're just basically following the story of Jesus as recorded in the gospel that we may follow the story of Jesus in our lives and so we're picking up his story where we left off some time ago now in chapter 3 in verse 21 through 23 a very short moment in time that was so huge verse 21 of chapter 3 of Luke when all the people were being baptized Jesus was baptized too and as he was praying heaven was opened and the Holy Spirit descended upon him in bodily form like a dove and, and a voice came from heaven you are my son whom I love. And Larry was talking about this. Thank you for your thoughts at communion, Larry. You are my son whom I love. With you I am well pleased. Or perhaps we would say, I'm proud of you. Now Jesus, verse 23, himself was about 30 years old when he began his ministry. So Luke, as he is guided by the Holy Spirit, He's led us up to this point in the first three chapters of his gospel all for the purpose to bring his readers to a belief in Jesus Christ as the Son of God. And so now we move into chapter 3 and naturally following such a belief we, we were then led to take a close look at repentance in the first half of this chapter which is a, a natural following of those who come to a belief and place their faith in Jesus Christ to look at their lives and determine what is it in my life that that really needs to change. And so in this flow of thought in Luke, now in the second half of chapter 3, he leads us to the next response of faith, one that should naturally follow and should accompany one's belief and one's repentance. It's that of baptism. As we see in this story, baptism is a momentous, it's a miraculous event in the life of one who chooses to follow Jesus as a disciple. If you're familiar with the book of Hebrews in chapter 6, the Hebrew writer identifies baptism as, as an elementary. This is a, a foundational teaching and practice of the Christian faith. But in spite of that, we see that 
in, in, in its important role in one's faith journey over the years in the larger Christian religious world that baptism has, has become minimized. It has become in many ways redefined and it has become in, in many instances lost. What we see today in so many Christian teachings with the teaching and practice of baptism is very foreign to what we see in Scripture. And so all we want to do is we're following through the story of Jesus is let God's Word speak into our lives. And what, what exactly is baptism? What, what role does it play in our lives? And so Luke, in, early in his gospel, as he's telling us the story of Jesus, he explains to us about baptism and telling us the baptism story of Jesus. But as soon as we come to this story, we come to a problem because there's an obvious question that we ask with the baptism of Jesus. And that question is, why in the world was Jesus baptized? And I ask that question because if you've been reading chapter 3 earlier in that passage, it speaks there, as John the Baptist was speaking of, a baptism of repentance. That means accompanying baptism, there is to be a change of life. So he speaks of a baptism of repentance. And then he goes on to speak of it as a baptism of repentance for the forgiveness of sins. And so the obvious problem here is that Jesus was without sin. So why was he baptized? He didn't need to be baptized for something he didn't have. And what is the need for Jesus in his life? What, if, what does he need to repent? What was it in Jesus' life that needed to change at his baptism? Well, the answer is there was nothing. And so, why did he even stop to be baptized? We want to answer that question. We're going to actually let this text answer that question with three simple answers. It's going to tell us something about Jesus, but it's also give us some practical insight for our lives as well. There's three answers to that question that the scripture shows us as to why Jesus was baptized. Answer number one, and we see this in verse 21, Jesus was baptized to identify with us. Jesus was identified to, to identify, or perhaps I could say, with mankind. And you see this in verse 21. It says, when all the people were being baptized, Jesus was baptized too. So Jesus is just doing what all the people were doing. We see in Hebrews chapter 2, and as the Hebrew writer, again, referring back to Hebrews, is referring to, to Jesus in his human nature. It says, since the children have flesh and blood... He too shared in their humanity. He had to be made like his brothers. That just means made like us in every way in order that he might become a faithful high priest. He had to become like us and be like us in every way so that he could help us. So the Hebrew writer is telling us he had to share in our humanity. He had to share in our human experiences in every way. And here we see in this story one of those ways was baptism. So here we see that Jesus is just simply leading by example. And you've got to love this about Jesus. Though he was God, he didn't think he was too good to wear clothes from goodwill. 
He didn't think he was too good to shop at the Dollar Tree or to be seen shopping at the Ark. He didn't think he was too good to drive an old used car. He didn't think he was too good to live in low income housing. When it came time to see these other people being baptized, Jesus didn't say, me be baptized, are you serious? I am Jesus the Messiah, the Son of God. He did not consider himself too good to be baptized, even though, in truth, he was. And this is the call to discipleship. The call to follow Jesus. It isn't Jesus saying to us, you guys go that way and do those things. I'm going to stay here on my throne in heaven. But instead, the powerful story of the gospel is that God came to earth in human form. He became one of us. God the creator. This is an incredible story. And he lived before us an example that we should follow, never asking us to do anything that he wasn't willing first to do himself. That's the kind of Lord that I want to follow. And so since we are called by God to be obedient to the Father in baptism, in humility and surrender, Jesus was obedient in baptism. And I believe this, this, this passage, is, it's brought us to a point of believing in Christ. It's brought, brought us to a point of, of repentance and looking at changes in our lives. And now this is bringing to us a point of, of considering baptism as we see Jesus. If Jesus was baptized, though not a sinner, how much more should we or should you be baptized because you are a sinner? And so it's a real simple question. Have you followed Jesus in baptism. Now, just as a side point, some of you who were sprinkled as adults, which is regarded in some church settings as baptized or as being baptized, you're likely thinking, well, yeah, I was baptized when I was sprinkled as an adult, as a, as a child. And though this may be surprising to you and though this may be hard to hear, being sprinkled as an infant is not biblical baptism according to the teaching and the example that we see in Scripture of the immersion into water of a believing individual. That's what we see here in the example of Jesus, not as a little child, but much older. Now, I just opened a can of worms for a lot of people, and there's a whole lot much more that could be said about that, and I don't have time to say it. I tossed that thought out. And if you have been sprinkled as, an ad, as a child and you'd like to talk to me further about that, I would love to talk to you about that. I'll leave that little thought um, in your minds. The question is, number one, why was Jesus baptized? It's very simple in this passage, to identify with mankind and thus set for us an example that we should follow. So there's a sentence that we're going to build, and we're going to build it with each of our points. The first part of the sentence is this. What does Jesus' baptism show us about, about Jesus? In Jesus' baptism, the sinless Son of God identifies with sinners. That's us. Secondly, why was Jesus baptized? This passage shows us that Jesus was baptized also to identify not only with mankind, but also to identify with God. And you see this in the Gospel of Luke. Up to this point in Luke's Gospel, Luke has presented to us a number of, of 
eyewitnesses giving testimony, pointing to the fact that Jesus Christ is the Son of God. We've seen the testimony in chapters 1, 2, and 3 of the angels, the testimony of John the Baptist's parents, Zechariah and Elizabeth, of Jesus' mother Mary. We've seen the testimony of the shepherds, of prophets, of Simeon, of Anna. We've even seen Jesus himself bearing testimony to his deity. And honestly, that's a pretty impressive number of eyewitnesses, all making for a strong case to lead us to believe, wow, this is true. He really is the Son of God. And so built upon the case of all of those eyewitness testimonies, now in chapter 3, in Jesus' baptism, we have the testimony of God the Father proclaiming Jesus. Imagine that, that you're in the court of law and you're, you're being held in court and there's a question of something about what you have done and the truth of what you have done and all of a sudden the defense brings in God as an eyewitness and God speaks and says this is what I know about Eddie, this is what happened with Eddie, this is the truth. Would that not freak out the jury? Is there anything more that you would need than this. This is exactly what Jesus had in his baptism. Just in case anybody is wondering, well, I wonder, could it be true? In his baptism, in verse 21, we read that the heavens were opened. The Holy Spirit, that's the Spirit of God. It descended upon him in bodily form like a dove, and a voice came from heaven. You are my son, whom I love with you, I am well pleased. Imagine seeing that. Imagine hearing that. Imagine being there. How can I really know, as Luke has taken me through this story, how can I really know that Jesus Christ is the Son of God? Just stop for a moment and look at the story of Jesus' baptism. In his baptism, Jesus was clearly identified with God as his son. Now, here I think we see a very important parallel and reflection of our own baptism. Because I know it's, it's true for me, and it's probably true for all of us who are followers of Jesus. There are times when we question our place with God. There are times that we doubt. There are times that we begin to wonder, am, am, am I really a child of God? Am I really forgiven? Does God truly love me? Am I saved? How how can I know that I am truly filled with the Holy Spirit? Listen, we're going to be led next week to chapter 4, and we're going to see Satan is one of the main culprits in leading us to doubt. He caused Jesus. He was trying. No, he didn't cause Jesus. He was trying to question Jesus as a son of God. How do you really know that you're a son of God if you're really a son of God? So Satan is, is highly involved. We battle with times and temptations like this. And so this story is an anchor for us because we see at my baptism, like at Jesus' baptism, though when I was baptized, the ceiling didn't perhaps open up. Scripture tells us that in that moment, the heavenly world penetrated the physical world. And the Holy Spirit came upon me to live and dwell within. And in that moment of being born again, God's word reverberates to me. You are forgiven. You are my child. And that is a promise that I hold on to. 
that I can stand upon. It's not a confidence I place in myself and what I have done or what I'm doing, but it is a confidence in the work of Jesus, as we saw last week in his death, in his burial, in the resurrection, to which my baptism is an obedient response to that. Why was Jesus baptized? Point number one, he was baptized to to be like us, to identify with us. Secondly, he was, identi- he was baptized to identify with God as his, as his son. So let's build upon the sentence we already started. In Jesus' baptism, the sinless son of God identifies with sinners so that sinners in their baptism might identify with God as children of God. Number three, why was Jesus baptized? We're just walking through this text. It's really not complicated In verse 23, we see that Jesus was baptized to identify the beginning of his ministry. And you see this in verse 23. I don't believe that it's just random coincidence or Luke tosses in this thought. I don't believe it's a a disconnected flow of thought going in a different direction. When immediately following his baptism, we read these words. Now Jesus was about 30 years old. When he began his ministry. I think Luke is showing us something there. Luke is showing us that the baptism of Jesus. Is the identifying mark. Of the beginning of Jesus ministry. I believe that what we see with the resting of the Holy Spirit. Coming upon Jesus in his baptism. Was more than just a proclamation. Or identifying him as the son of God. But it was, it was an anointing of the spirit. A divine commissioning for ministry we'll see as we go into chapter 4 pretty soon that in the very next chapter Jesus says in chapter 4 and verse 18 the spirit of the Lord is on me because he has anointed me when was Jesus anointed by the spirit could it have been just previously in his baptism what was he anointed for Jesus goes on in that text to describe and to define his ministry in the language of the Bible anointing someone was was identifying them for a service it was commissioning them to something it was it was an ordination kind of like anointing a king and so when Jesus was baptized it identified it anointed him by the spirit for the beginning of his ministry and so here we see a very important parallel again to our baptism it's incredibly important for us to understand that baptism is not the end of your journey but it is the beginning and I say that because far too many have been baptized but after that that's about all that you see of their faith journey other than token attendance to church. I'm saved, I'm good to go, I'll just sit back. I'm afraid to say we have far too many baptized believers who were not engaged in ministry. Listen, your baptism was the beginning of your ministry. At your baptism, like with Jesus, you were anointed. You were empowered by the Spirit. You were gifted by the Spirit to serve God through service to the community and through service to the church in many ways of service, but primarily by taking the gospel to the world and making disciples. You're not not baptized and saved simply for the sake of being saved. You're saved for the sake of being an instrument of God. To save others that they may know Christ as well. 
Just as Jesus' baptism identified the beginning of his ministry, so also your baptism identified the beginning of your ministry. And so let me ask you this question, what is your ministry? Or what are your ministries? And Are you carrying them out? If not, then you're not following the example of Jesus as we see here in this story of Luke. Jesus was baptized to identify with mankind. Jesus was baptized to identify with God as his son. Jesus was baptized to identify the beginning of his ministry. Now, as we close, I want to make one important observation because I think it's really important to notice where Luke places this story in his gospel. I believe that a fundamental purpose of leading us through Luke and leading us to here is for the Holy Spirit to lead us to believe in Jesus, to lead us to make those proper changes, and to lead us to follow Jesus in the waters of baptism, which is, a, it is not, it's not a, a, a small thing. This is a, like, like getting married. This is a huge lifetime commitment that you're making to follow him in all ways of your life. And so because of that, you kind of might expect or think that this story would be at the end of Luke's gospel. After you've read and learned everything there is to know about Jesus, after you've kind of worked through all these things that the gospel of Luke is trying to work through in your life, now at the end of Luke's gospel, it would make sense for, this, for Luke's gospel to call us to be baptized. You might just say to Luke, isn't it a bit premature to have this passage and this calling here in chapter 3? There's so much more the reader needs to know. There's so much more the reader needs to learn. There's so much more that, that these individuals need to figure out and work out in their lives. And I hear this far too often. Eddie, I realize that I need to be baptized, but there's so much more I need to know. There's so much more I need to learn. There's so much more I need to work out in my life. Listen, I've been on this journey for many years, and I'm still learning. I think it's incredibly important to understand the placement of this passage. It shows baptism as a beginning step of this journey that Luke is taking us on. John chapter 3, it refers to it as, as a moment of being born again. Jesus says, you enter the child, you enter the kingdom of God like a child. You don't wait until you're an adult and got it all figured out and all sorted out. If you wait until you learn all that there is to know and wait until you get everything in your life worked out, you will never be baptized. You humbly surrender to Christ in baptism because you can't work it out. And you realize, God, I cannot do this on my own. I need God's help. I believe this context or this, this the stage here in Luke, chapters 1, 2, and 3, is it's setting the stage and walking us through this story. And it sets the stage for the story of baptism. It's showing us this, that if you believe that Jesus Christ is the Son of God, if you realize that you are a sinner in need of forgiveness and you have a repentant heart to turn to God from your sin, turn from your sin to God, excuse me, then you're ready to follow Jesus in baptism even today. 
Now, those of you that are live streaming with us are going, well, that's nice for everybody that's there because you have a baptistry standing behind you, Eddie. What about us? I'll just tell you this, that if God is speaking to your heart today, whoever you are and wherever you are, we would be delighted to come to you or find someone who could baptize you. We've got some folks that are with us from other countries, other parts of the other states in our nation. We even have someone that's with us most of the time on, and, and that's from Hawaii. Listen, if you're in Hawaii and you want to be baptized, you call me. I'll be there tomorrow. <laughs> and I'll stay and disciple you for six months. <laughs> I'm joking and I'm not. It's that important. So as we're following in Luke's gospel, he's brought us to this story. Next week, he's going he's to lead us into a, a miserable place. He's going to take us into the desert, to a place of temptation. And we're going to go into the battlefield for two weeks of temptation. But today, Luke's gospel has led us to the story of Jesus' baptism. I believe it's asking us the question, have you followed Jesus in the example of baptism? I'm not asking, when you were a little kid, did somebody sprinkle you? I'm asking, did you, with a faith of your own, in a knowledge of Jesus Christ, with a heart repentant to God, have you been immersed into the waters of Jesus, following Him as we see in this story? If not, in our prayer time, or sometime today or this week, let one of us know. We'd love to assist you. For those of us that have, and I think this passage powerfully speaks to us in those moments of, of doubt and questioning. We can stand, you can stand with confidence upon the promise of God's word spoken at your baptism, words that were spoken to Jesus at his baptism. You are my child. I dearly love you. But church, it didn't stop there in Jesus' story. And it shouldn't stop there in our story. May this be the beginning of a life of service and ministry to God through a life of service and ministry in the church and in the community that God in you and through you might use you as, as an instrument to bring His love and His hope to multitudes of others in the world who don't know Jesus as Lord and Savior. And so we close now. I'm going to complete this sentence that we have been building. What does this story tell us about Jesus? Why was he baptized? What does it mean about him? And what does it mean for our lives? In Jesus' baptism, the sinless Son of God identified with sinners. That sinners in their baptism might identify with him as children of God and be called into ministry to make known God's love and hope to a lost and hurting world. Let's stand together and respond to God in prayer. Father, these are three short verses in your story. But they're huge. It's kind of like getting married and you say, I do. They're just two little words that means so much. So we pray that you will take these three short verses and like seeds, take them and plant them into our hearts and cause them to grow as you would have them to grow.
And as we go into this prayer time together, we're we're going to offer up this song to God in prayer. But I want to encourage you that if you're here and you're carrying a heavy burden on your heart, reach out to someone in prayer. If you know someone like that that's carrying a heavy burden, it's okay to get out of your seat and go up to them, give them a hug. Let's let this be a time of praying together. Father, we come before you now in Jesus' name. Hey, I'm Eddie White, the senior minister for the Eastside Church of Christ. Sure want to thank you for joining us today on our podcast. I hope today's message was indeed a blessing to you. I'd like to invite you to browse our website at eastsidesprings.com to get more information or to contact us. And as always, we indeed welcome you to join us for our worship service in Colorado Springs as we seek to live out Jesus' mission of making disciples of all nations.